Two season highs and a sixth straight win for the Phoenix Suns. On today's episode of Locked on Suns, I'll bring you inside Footprint Center during a 51-point explosion from Devin Booker, a 26-point third quarter, another magical moment for this team. Let's go. You are Locked on Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past six seasons and a writer at Suns.com, where you can check out a new story up on Thursday and Dime Magazine. Thank you all for making Locked On Suns your first listen here on this Thursday. A winning Thursday. Six straight, count them up. The Phoenix Suns are on another roll. If you're finding us for the first time, go ahead and hit follow or subscribe. Do not miss a show. We are everywhere for you. Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen and watch, we are there for you. So hit subscribe. Don't miss a show. That's the best way to support us. And if you are on YouTube... Hit the bell down below, get a notification when this show goes live, and drop me a comment down below. You can also follow along on Twitter, at LockedOnPHXSuns, where you can give me your game takes after every regular season game this year in seven words or less. 132 to 113 was the final score, and as always, we are going to start with the moment of the game, in this case... It was a pretty long moment. It was the entirety of the third quarter because that is when Devin Booker's, his his good game went to a great game. And it was the last quarter actually that he played. And so first off, we just got to read the box score. We got to read the stat line. All right. 51 points in 31 minutes. He was a plus 23 20 of 25 from the floor, 6 of 7 from deep, 5 of 6 from the free throw line, and just two turnovers. It really does not get much better than that, like just straight up at all, period, in any NBA game, any NBA player, any style. I don't care what you hold it up to, it's about as good as you can possibly get. And we'll talk a little bit more tomorrow, I think, about where this game stacks up and and what it means for Booker, but that's... The backdrop. That is what he did. And so this third quarter starts. He had had 25 points in uh, the first half. And so it felt like 50 was in was in reach, right? Obviously, if he just doubles it, he gets to 50. But if you had said before that he was only going to play the third quarter and sit the whole fourth quarter, I probably would have said, no, he's not going to get there. But he starts out with something that makes it undoubted. Uh, it, it makes it undeniable that he's that he's getting where he wants to go. He scores 10 points in the first two minutes and 44 seconds of the third quarter. And what's crazy is it didn't even, it wasn't even all him. The first shot, the first baskets of the, the quarter for the Suns were actually Mikhail Bridges' free throws. Then Book starts to get it going from deep. He hits two threes back to back. Then he makes a couple of interior shots, one coming off of a DeAndre Ayton offensive rebound that I believe Book 
cut to the basket off of, and <coughs> Booker gets <coughs> points number nine and ten, forcing a, a Billy Donovan timeout for Chicago. So that was ten. He's sitting at thirty-five at that point, and then basically we we get a little bit of a pause, and Donovan calls another timeout at the four minute and 24 second mark. But really between the two timeouts, Booker only had five points. So he's only at 15 at that point. So over the the final four minutes and 24 seconds, he scores another 11 points. And actually, give me a second here because that timeout happened and I had that written down as, as the turning point, but it was actually really in actuality, it was the final two minutes and 13 seconds because Booker made another three at that moment, two minutes and 13 seconds. He hits a, uh, he hits an, and, uh, it was an and one, a, a three pointer that he was fouled on by Alex Caruso. The Bulls challenge it. He makes the free throw. He makes another three at the one minute and 43 second mark. Then he gets the ball again and goes to take another three but Jock Landale gets called for an offensive foul. The, the building is absolutely rocking at this point because it had just built up. That's why I'm giving you the blow-by-blow. Blow. It had built up and built up and built up. When he hit the four-point play three, the building exploded. And it actually took a little bit of the air out of the room when Donovan challenged it, which was a bummer. But Booker made sure that uh, it wasn't going to be wasted and so that offensive foul happens. That would have given him, uh, I believe, I believe that that got him to, that would have broken 50, basically. He was at 49 at that moment. So the three after the four-point play got him to 49 points. He would have, gotten another one. He made the three that Jock Landale got called back. That would have given him 52. But instead of uh, giving up or passing it off or whatever, all this, basically from that, that four minute and 24 second timeout on every single play, they're double teaming him, they're sending extra help, whatever. And he is just yo-yoing them in and out of where exactly he wants them to be. He did finally at the end of the quarter have to have to give up the ball two times back to back, but but fortunately the Suns uh made the the Bulls pay on one of those an Ish Wainwright or I'm sorry, uh, a Landry Shamit 3 off of an Ish Wainwright assist, but the punctuation mark, the exclamation mark to get him to 51 is not another pull-up 3. It's not anything uh, glamorous, really. He was so dead set on on getting to that mark or, or just keeping the hot hand going. I don't know if he necessarily cared about getting specifically to 50, 49, 50. I mean, it's a nice round number, but if you get the win in 49, I don't think you're going to be too disappointed by that. But instead of all that, he shoots the gap on a Zach Levine off-ball setup where Levine's about to take the ball and shoot a three. Booker's guarding him, shoots the gap, gets in the passing lane, steals the ball, dunks it, gets to 51 points, and then 26 in the quarter, 
and lets out a just massive scream. And it was very much earned. It was, uh, look, I mean, I know we think of Book as like a, a trash talker, a, a, a very uh, charismatic, like out there guy on the floor. All that's true, but at the same time, he doesn't overdo it, I don't think, in terms of uh, pumping up his own good performances. He'll talk trash about other players. He'll work the refs. But there's not a lot of moments where he's pumping up the crowd or, or, or his, his, his bench, his teammates, for his own achievements. And in this case, he couldn't help himself but do it. He gets that breakaway dunk, gets to 51 points, 26 for the quarter, and lets out a big scream. And the crowd absolutely loses their minds. Everybody's rooting for more. He does have to give up the ball to end the third quarter. Monty doesn't put him back in in the fourth. Book said he was kind of expecting that that was going to be the case. They were up 20 five at the end of the third so not a lot of reason to put him back in there in my opinion as much fun as it would have been they got the win that's what they wanted Booker played outstanding put on a show and look I know a moment doesn't usually last a half hour but in this case that was the moment of the game my takeaway of the game was about Wednesday night yes it was about the 19 point win that the Suns put on the Chicago Bulls but it was actually about much more than that. It was about the future of this team and what tonight showed us about it. So I want to tell you what I mean with that. First, though, today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. We all know how ExpressVPN protects your privacy and online security, but here's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Maybe you've run out of stuff to watch on Netflix, and this will change your world. ExpressVPN allows you to binge let's say, The Office on the United Kingdom Netflix, and it's simple to do so. Just sign into Netflix, fire up the ExpressVPN app, change your location to the UK, refresh Netflix, and that's it. ExpressVPN lets you control where you want sites to think you're located, so you can choose from almost 100 different countries and all of their Netflix libraries. But it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, Hulu, BBC, YouTube, you name it, they have it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason... We use the ExpressVPN on the Lockdown Podcast Networks is to watch shows because it's ridiculously fast, no buffering or lag, and all those libraries there for you. You can also use it on all your devices, not just your computer. So you can watch what you want on the big screen or on the go. So if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, go to expressvpn.com slash lockdown right now to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for Free. That's expressvpn.com slash locked on. Expressvpn.com slash locked on to learn more. The moment in that third quarter was spectacular, but if we zoom in a little bit to this box score, outside of Booker's fantastic night in and of itself. It was one of the best shows I've ever seen at Footprint Center. He was three points away from the that building's record, that arena's record, which I, I found out tonight for the first time is held by Gilbert Arenas, of all players. It was spectacular, but if you add it to the second career high that I referenced at the very beginning of the show, which was from DeAndre Ayton, I said career high, season high, 30 points for him, and another big rebounding night with 14. Two season highs for those two guys. 
two incredible performances overall. There was a stretch in the first half where they were playing incredible two-man ball, a, a two-man game. Uh, Booker had a lob to Aiton at one point. I talked about the cut off of the offensive rebound that Aiton fed to Booker. There was a, a jumper from Booker that was the classic down-screen dribble handoff action for Booker where he comes from the baseline up toward the top of the arc. Aiton hands him the ball. That can be where we see a lot of those lobs. It can also just create an open jumper for Booker from the free throw line if teams freak out and don't know how to guard it. And what I couldn't help myself but think as I was watching Booker's magic, as I was watching Aiton tough out and commit himself to another incredible performance was what it meant for the future of this team. And and Monty did get at it a little bit. Dwayne Rankin from the Arizona Republic was asking him about it. You know, it's not something that I I expect necessarily a head coach to dwell on in in a late November regular season game, especially knowing, look, this is year three of this. The Suns won a championship. They, they want to develop, they want to build, they want to add, but really, you know, they're not going to get ahead of themselves with anything. And I don't, I don't blame them for that, but I will. I will get ahead of myself with it. And we can look into the future because I've been doing a lot of talk on this show. Last yesterday's episode was called, you know, why the Chris Paul injury was a blessing in disguise for the Phoenix Suns. I've talked about why the championship window is still open. I've talked about why this is the regular season that we've all been waiting for. And that's all true, but to see it with both of them playing at the top of their game today, it just just escalated it to another level for me personally. And it shows you what this team, it shows you what the post-Chris Paul future of this Suns team will look like. You know, I talked with Aaron Edwards yesterday about how I don't feel like you are in a situation if you're James Jones right now where you can even entertain the idea of trading DeAndre Ayton. If he continues to play at this level, which is now going on a week and a half, you're not going to be trading him. And so if we operate under that assumption, you're, you're talking about a team that for the rest of this season and beyond, they're just as scary without Chris Paul right now. They're winning games with execution and team play and two or three star creators stepping up. Those guys are no longer Booker and Paul, but it's Booker and it's Aiton and it's Bridges. And they look like the Suns. They look like this era of this team at its absolute best. Devin Booker was the point guard for all intents and purposes for almost all of this game. And that was true before he really ratcheted up his scoring to such a high level that we thought something like a 50-point game was going to be possible. It wasn't just put the ball in Book's hands because he wants to get to this nice juicy number, right? It was... It was the game plan. It was what made sense. It was what was natural. Campaign did not play great, but I don't even think it was that. That was, it was just, that's, that's what this team is now. And so you have that Booker ratcheting up his, his, his level to unforeseen heights with the ball in his hands almost all of the time. And guys like Aiton and Bridges continuing to step up, doing it night in and night out, doing it the same ways night in and night out, clearly adding 
replicable things to their game this season. And I could not help myself but think, well, you turn Chris Paul into something else. I'm not saying trade him soon or even trade him at all. Maybe it's just natural. He gets cut with the last year of his deal. He gets stretched. Conversation for a different day. You turn Jay Crowder into something. You bring Cam Johnson back as a super-duper role player. And if this is what that version of this team could look like with some additional pieces around it, I don't know if there's any reason to think this thing's slowing down anytime soon. We had looked at Chris Paul and his age as something that would limit the window of this team, or at the very least require a reset at some point. But when I see 30 and 14 from DeAndre Ayton in 31 minutes of work, when I see 51, 6 and 4 on 80% shooting from the field from Devin Booker in 31 minutes of work against not a spectacular Bulls team, but this is not scrubs, right? They did it against a team that's about 500 who made the playoffs last season. I start to feel like there is no limit. There is no ceiling on what this thing can be around those three young star players. We thought that in 2018, 2019. We might have reset expectations when Chris Paul got here and everything orchestrated around him. But these two weeks without Chris Paul and the way that these players have stepped up I don't know what to think anymore. I know I'm happy. I know I'm excited to watch it. I know I'm optimistic, but I don't I don't have a ceiling on it anymore. Let's get into our usual recap segments. A couple things that I would like to point out for you all. First today's show brought to you as well by My Solar Nerd. If you live in a sunny state like ours, it's likely you've had a few people stop by offering you what they call you free, what they call free solar. Well, the truth is these companies, a lot of them aren't local. And because of that, they're using misleading tactics that end up overcharging homeowners. So if you've considered solar, but something felt just a little bit off, you're going to love my solar nerd. They believe that an educated customer is a happy customer and they understand the nuances of going solar here in Arizona. Switching to solar should mean saving money. And so once you're ready, they'll put their industry knowledge to work for you by choosing the best equipment, warranties, and installers in the Valley. They'll also help you figure out all the credits and incentives on the back end to keep you, to keep the money in your pocket all throughout the process. Our listeners will get a $50 Amazon gift card when you book a no commitment evaluation. This promotion only for locked on listeners and only for homeowners, but visit mysolarnerd.com and select locked on and how'd you hear about a section to take advantage. Make the switch to solar on your terms and start your research process today by visiting mysolarnerd.com and show Locked On some love by letting them know we sent you. Folks, going solar doesn't need to be complicated, and mysolarnerd.com makes it easy. Closing out the show with the pigeon of the game to start out here. We haven't talked about a pigeon of the game in a little while. It is the Carl Anthony Towns honorary pigeon of the game. I can't remember who... We've only had one more since Cat. I can't remember who it was, actually, off the top of my head. If you remember, drop me a note, comment below, or, or at me on Twitter. But 
we have a new one. And yes, it does tend to be centers. I'm sorry, guys. But when Aiton is playing at this level with Booker and Paul able to punish drop coverage like they can, it's, it's hard not to highlight the center. And tonight it was Nikola Vucevic. He had five fouls. Aiton got to the line nine times. And Vooch was a minus 10 which was worse than DeRozan, worse than Dasunmu, who I think were the Bulls' two best players tonight. And Vucevic just didn't have any rim protection to speak of in this game. I mean, the Bulls didn't either. Like, they were not putting bodies between the Suns' ball handlers and the basket. They were not doing much of anything to stop Aiton on his way to the basket, but... Whether it was in the pick and roll or whether it was late in that fourth quarter when Aiton got to go back in to help close things out and he was just putting spin moves and step backs and footwork and offensive rebounds all over Vucevic. Like, it was uh, it was ugly. It was ugly for Vuce. The Suns shot 16 of 21 at the basket and they were fouled five times. So, pretty good when you're talking about 26 chances at the rim and 21 of them resulted in opportunities for points whether that's a made shot or free throws uh the Suns didn't go to the basket a whole lot because they don't often do that and Booker had it going as a jump shooter so much but uh Vooch was Vooch was just helpless he was clearly to me the pigeon of the game and if anyone does not know what the pigeon of the game is that is uh it really should be I'm actually changing it. I'm going to change it right now. It's not the Carl Anthony Towns honorary pigeon of the game because that's not where we first heard the term. Actually, the Suns didn't even tell, tell us anything about Towns. You could just watch the game and tell that they were sending Cam Johnson everywhere against Minnesota to try to pull Towns around and make him guard in space. But it's not even Towns that was the originator of this term or the guy we first heard it about. That was Michael Porter Jr. So I will call it the Michael Porter Jr. honorary pigeon of the game. And it's just the player that the Suns attack. The guy that they try to involve in defensive actions. It's the guy that they uh, pick at. The guy that they try to get switches on. Whatever it might be. Whatever the right way to attack that specific player is. That's what the pigeon of the game is. When it was MPJ in the playoffs back in 2021... The reason, the way that they made him the pigeon of the game was making him the low man, the help man in the pick and roll um, at the basket, making him guard through screens. His back was hurt. He's not a good defender right now in the first place. So there you go. The other one I like to do is the box score oddity of the night. That's... I'm liking it more and more because we had all these that were based around X player breakout watch. You know, I did it for Bridges. I've done it for Cam Johnson. I've done it for DeAndre at various points. Well, they're all broken out. There's no more watching to happen. So box score oddity of the night is it took until uh, I don't have it right in front of me. I can get it. I think it was about one minute left in the second quarter. So one minute left in the first half before DeMar DeRozan took his first free throws. Yeah, one minute and 13 seconds left in the half before uh, before DeMar DeRozan took his first free throws. Now, if you remember back to the Knicks game on a Sunday afternoon a couple weeks ago, the Suns were really proud that they kept Randall 
free throwless. He he had zero free throw attempts in that game. When they play these guys who want to live at the line, the Suns take a lot of pride in guarding them without fouling. Now, all in all, DeRozan did get to the line eight times. I think the Suns' defense clearly slipped up in the second half when Booker was going off and when the game was in reach or in hand. The Bulls scored 70 points in the second half. DeMar got some things going then. But in that first half, they did not foul him at all. They did an amazing job keeping him in check. Torrey Craig got that matchup predominantly, and he was he was very, very good in it. The Suns were a plus 12 when, when Craig was in there tonight. Last but not least, we'll close with the bench mob vibe check. I know normally we start with it, but I just want to hit Landry Shamit really quickly. Shamit has looked fairly solid as a shot maker at the very least since he came back. His defense is always going to be there. He rotates well. He gets in the way. He's good at helping at the basket. If he is the low man, uh, he's not going to block a bunch of shots, but he's always going to be in position, and he knows what to do. He uses his hands. He has length, etc. That's not ever going to go away. And so when he just makes shots, it starts to be a pretty effective role player, right? So... 19 minutes, I told you he made uh, the shot after Booker gave the ball up. At the end of the third quarter, he made a couple more in the fourth quarter when Booker was sitting to help close out the game. And so I know people want to see Dwayne Washington. I know Shamit can be frustrating, but since he came back from the concussion protocol, he is looking pretty solid. And I think Monty's going to still keep going to him. He was, uh, I believe, the first player off the bench today if not uh, right alongside Lee. And that's been the case for most of Shamit's time here. Monty really seems to trust him. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. It's just a matter of does he make the shots or not? Is he aggressive or not? He has been both of those things to start. That'll wrap us up today, folks. We'll have one more show to close out the week. I want to talk a little bit about James Jones getting promoted. I want to talk about the interview Booker gave to The Athletic. So lots to talk about in the news realm, plus more on Booker's big performance. So hit subscribe or follow if you've not already to get that show and all of the rest of the shows this season right in your feed. In the meantime, go make Locked On Sports today your second listen to get caught up on everything around the entire world of sports in 20 minutes or less. That show available on all platforms, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.